0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. This is your host, Neil Satin. And we are here on episode number 155 to talk about a specific way to improve your communication. This is something that I hear from you quite a bit, that it's important to come up with even more strategies for improving the way you communicate in your relationship. And of course having amazing communication skills is one part of that but there's another important part of figuring out how to improve the communication in your relationship and that is what we are going to talk about today first i just want to let you know how grateful i am to be here with you each week to take on some particular aspect of how we have relationships and shine some light on it, and hopefully leave you feeling better prepared when all is said and done to um, bring that to your existing relationship, or if you're single and looking, bring that to upcoming relationships, or to just help you improve your relationships with the people in your life in general, your friends, your family, your coworkers, etc. cetera. Um, I'm grateful to be here with you week after week and my goal is for you to have the best relationships possible because that is one of the things that's at the core of living a happy, healthy life. If you're unhappy in your relationship, if you're unhappy in the way that you interact with other people, then odds are life is going to kinda suck for you. So my view and this is a view supported by science, though I'm not gonna sit here and cite the research for you. My view is that if your relationships are thriving, dynamic, or improving at least, because it's not always possible for them to be amazing, um, then in general, life is gonna feel pretty good to you. And that's why I'm here week after week. If you're finding the podcast to be helpful, please take a moment to support us through a donation. All you have to do is visit neilsatin.com slash support or text the word support to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. And particular gratitude goes out this week to Karina, Michael, Elaney, Timothy, Lydia, David, Angie, and Drew. Thank you all so much for your generous support of Relationship Alive and ensuring that we can continue. All right, so today we're going to talk about communication, and hopefully you've already picked up my free communication guide. This is my top three relationship communication secrets. If you haven't grabbed it yet, then just visit neilsatin.com slash relate or text the word relate to the number 33444 and follow the instructions to download the free relationship communication secrets guide. I'm not gonna go over that now because that's some of the elementary stuff and I'm hoping that you'll take a moment and download the guide and get that. We're gonna go a little bit deeper now into how you can improve the communication in your relationship. So we're gonna get kind of practical here. And one thing to notice first and foremost is that communication in relationships, sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it goes so smoothly. It just flows effortlessly. And other times it can feel so bogged down and complicated. And this is true no matter how great your relationship is. So if you're finding something to be challenging to talk about with your partner, then that doesn't mean that there's some fatal flaw in your relationship, and it doesn't mean that you are communication impaired. It's normal. It's normal for things to get challenging at times, and that's because when we are intimately involved with another person, then they're really close to the parts of us that are most vulnerable. And those vulnerable parts... Well, sometimes they get kind of scared or feel threatened. And it's really easy to go from a conversation that feels like it's innocent enough into what can feel like a minefield or a battle zone or, you know, like you're walking on eggshells with your partner. Like if you just said one more thing, then the whole thing might blow up in your face. Or maybe you don't say anything about this particular topic because you know if you just bring it up it's going to cause a problem and that is where we're going to go today because I know that there's something in your relationship that you haven't been willing to address or you haven't wanted to address or you've tried addressing it and it's just gone nowhere been horrible and so it becomes this thing that just doesn't get talked about. It gets blissfully ignored or more likely than not. I mean, if it's blissfully ignored, then great. Maybe you just let it stay there. If you both truly are blissed out, just letting it go. But the odds are that there's something or maybe some things in your relationship that really do need to be addressed in the end if you're going to get past the point of uh, where you are right now and actually get beyond it and feel the leverage, feel the success of actually dealing with something successfully. Because the truth is that the more that one thing gets ignored and then another and then another and then another that contributes to you and you ending up in a state of disconnection with your partner. And it's the communication that brings you together. So it's not the only thing that brings you together. I mean, you might come together over a barbecue with your family or over a nice trip to someplace exotic. But in the day in, day out dynamic of relationship, it's how you communicate that helps strengthen the bond that exists between you and your partner. It actually promotes oxytocin between you and your partner. So if you're not communicating because you're storing up all these things that you can't talk about and that kind of boxes you in to a place where you feel like there's not much you can talk about, well, no wonder You might feel your connection kind of wavering or dwindling or wondering who is this person or, you know, can we agree about this one thing or how can we agree about anything if we can't figure out how to agree about this one thing. So that's why these things are so important. So I'd like you to take a moment and see if you can identify one or five things that need to be talked about from your perspective. Um. And then in the spirit of generosity, I'd like you to also take a moment and think about one or five things that you know your partner would like to talk about. Because there's got to be something. If you put yourself in their shoes where you think, oh, yeah, if we talked about that, they'd probably be pretty psyched or they'd feel understood or like I cared about them. So make your list and you're not going to be able to do all of these things at once. In fact, depending on how long you've been together, you may have quite a list of things. And so be in it for the long haul um, and recognize that you're hopefully going to have a lot of time If if you're together with this person, then you're going to have a lot of time to Uh, heal and talk about all of these things so you have two options here one is to go through and pick the thing that's maybe the most risky or the most important Um, or if you have a really long list then you might choose something that seems somewhat innocuous or easy Um, you know the low-hanging fruit I encourage you to go for something that's at least a little bit risky or edgy because the reason that these things get swept under the rug and not talked about is because they're complicated. It's challenging. But I'm gonna walk you through a process for talking about this thing or really anything uh, that will help you get to the other side. So we're we're gonna take it step by step here and I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. And you can come back after the fact and and write the steps down so that you can consult them while you're having the conversation. But I do want to give you some hope here that there's a method to this madness that I'm talking about, of taking one of these buried things out and actually shining the light of day on it with your partner to get some resolution because each of these things represents this stored up energy. It's the energy that it takes to ignore it, the energy that it takes to stifle your thoughts and feelings about it. And that, and same for your partner, that is a lot of wasted energy in a relationship. That if you don't figure out how to bring that energy together with your partner, then that stored up energy becomes the. Uh, forces that steer you in in different directions and that ultimately take you away from your partner. That There's a lot of power in stored resentments and things that have gone unsaid. So, what we're going to do, just to be clear, this isn't about an airing of your resentments or your grievances. That is not what we are going to do here. But we are going to pick one thing that's important. And In looking over your list, I invite you to choose something that feels like resolving this would actually be a huge improvement in our relationship. So rather than thinking about a long-held resentment, which honestly might be something that you want to talk about with the help of a coach or a therapist, um, or if you're getting really good at this communication stuff, then maybe you do just tackle that with your partner alone. But before you do that, choose something where you know if you resolved it, it would bring some power, some some energy, some juice back to your relationship. Um, one thing that I was thinking of as a potential example would be um, – the need for an agreement with your partner around what happens when one of you gets triggered. Like this is a a really awesome and in many ways an elemental conversation to have with your partner. It's one, a recognition that we do get triggered and two, like what do we do when we get triggered? Um, Having a conversation like that, like if, if you and I are in a relationship and we have an agreement about what happens when you or I goes offline and either gets really defensive or aggressive or wants to check out, whatever it is, if we have an agreement around that, then we have something to build on, to build all future conversations on. So that might be a helpful thing for you to actually step back and look at your list and see if there are values or principles reflected in, some of the things that haven't been talked about that you can then use as a springboard for the real conversation. So you're not actually talking necessarily about the specific thing. Maybe you're stepping back and talking about the principle, the principle of like, um, we want each other to both get our needs met. And what does that mean? Or the principle of how do we support and stay on the same team, support each other and stay on the same team when one of us gets all triggered to hell? What do we do in that situation? Or how do we embody the principle of staying on the same team even when we have really difficult decisions to make where we don't agree? What process are we gonna go through that feels good? So you can see how I'm taking maybe a bunch of, a little specific things and stepping back to a bigger principle or value um, one thing that's really helpful about that is it can help depersonalize a conversation where it's not about this specific time that you argued about something but where it's actually more about what are we embodying as a couple what are the things that we stand for And where do we agree in our values and principles and where do we disagree? Like these are important conversations to have, especially as you head down the road for a long-term relationship. Okay, so I don't want this to be the longest episode in the world and we haven't even gotten into the process yet except for looking at all the potential things you could talk about and choosing one. And I just want to say right from the beginning that it is okay to not do this perfectly. It is totally okay. In fact, I do not expect you to do this perfectly. And that means that this whole thing could get a little rough around the edges. And that's okay. It's actually really good information because after the conversation, you get to step back and look at what went well and what didn't and make adjustments for the next time. So I want you to have that mindset as you enter into this communication that this is just part of a long process. And if something starts to go a little wrong, then your job is to just make a note of that as something you can think about later. And in fact, you might even have an agreement with your partner, and I'll I'll talk a little bit more about that, but you might Have an agreement that, like, hey, um, you know, we're going to talk about something difficult. And if it doesn't go well, like, at any point in time, one or the other of us can, you know, throw up the white flag and we can just talk about what went wrong um, and hopefully come to some understanding there. Now, this wouldn't be easy. If this were easy, you would have had the conversation already. So I'm just going to acknowledge that that is part of what's going on here. And I'm going to do my best in this process to help you have your bases covered and again i may not be perfect here and and i'm just recognizing that it's complicated right so let's just embrace the fact that it's a little complex and and move into the complexity together okay so you need to decide what you're going to talk about and then the very next thing to do is to not blindside your partner with this conversation. So you might want to pick a good time, a time when things are actually going well or feel really light, and just say, hey, there's something that's important that I want to talk to you about. It's important to me, and it may or may not be important to you. Or you might, if you picked something from your list that you know is important to your partner, you might say, hey, there's something that I know is important to you that I'd really like to talk about. Um, Can we pick a time and place to have the conversation? And I'm gonna recommend that for something like this, you probably want at least an hour, Now, I invite you to be the judge of that. If you think you're going to need three hours, well then, set three hours aside. Um, Unless this is something really simple, like getting agreement about putting the cap back on the toothpaste or something like that, which maybe will take 10, 15 minutes, I think you want at least an hour to give yourself time to be heard, to give your partner time to be heard, and to also, on the flip side... To create a boundary around the conversation so that you both know well if this really goes wrong we only have an hour of it to endure and then afterwards we can pick up the pieces so it creates safety to have uh, that boundary on the on the end as well both in the direction of we both have time to be heard and the direction of um, this isn't going to last forever sometimes that's the hardest thing about any challenging conversation is feeling like if we get into this, it's going to be a never-ending volcano of challenge. Um, let's, so let's not do that. Let's set a time limit. And you can tell them like, hey, I want to set a time limit around it and I want us both to honor that. So if it turns out that this conversation is going to take more time, then we get to have an agreement about that as we approach our time limit. So you might agree together that, okay, let's extend for another half an hour. Or you might agree like, let's, you know what, let's table this and set another hour next week to talk about it um, to encapsulate this particular thing. You've already done a great job encapsulating it and not talking about it. So now let's just, talk about it a little bit and then encapsulate it and then talk about it a little more and then eventually you won't have to hide it away because it'll be done, it'll be resolved. So what's important in this is that you are getting their permission to have this conversation. Uh, So you're not just throwing it in their lap and you're giving them some choice around it. Um, They may say, well, I have a little time now and you could say, all right, well, do you have an hour? You know, because I think that this is going to take about an hour and can we devote an hour to it? They may ask you, Well, what do you want to talk about? And at that point you could say, Well, I really want to talk about this. You could be off to the racist at that point. And if it feels like that's where you're going, before you go there, it is up to you to say, Whoa, 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 wait a minute. I I'm just all I did was tell you that I wanted to talk about this thing. Is now really the best time for us to have that conversation? Because maybe we should have it later. But I just want to know that we're going to have it. So when can we have it? When would, that, when would it feel good to you? You probably don't want to do this right before bed. You probably don't want to do this right when you wake up in the morning, if it's something challenging. Um, and there are some practical reasons behind that. You want to be not exhausted, and you also don't want to start your day off with something challenging necessarily, unless you're both at your best there. Um, But also, you know, if things are challenging, you might want a little time to recover before you go to bed, or you might want a little time to celebrate before you go to bed. Um, Those are just some thoughts on the getting permission around a time and a place and a space to have the conversation. I also think it's very important for you to keep the conversation to one thing and to be really clear about that with your partner. I just wanna talk about this thing and I recognize that it may bring up other things that are important. So can we agree to make a note of other things that come up as the result of having this conversation and we can talk about those things later, but I would really like us if possible to stay focused on this one thing so that it stays manageable for us. Is that okay? Can we do that? Because usually when one thing after another pops up, the reason that they just become part of the mix is because we can feel like, oh, this is important and I don't want to lose sight of that. And so then it just gets tossed in. Um, But I think if you are good about literally having a piece of paper handy with a pen or a pencil or a quill or whatever you use, and making a note of the things as they come up that are related but not quite what you're talking about, then it can feel safe to let that go. And you can even make a game out of keeping each other focused on the thing that you're talking about. Again, this increases your chances of successfully actually getting through this thing. So... When it's time to actually start your conversation, there are so many ways to go about this. And um, you might, if you feel like you really need a structured dialogue, then you might revisit uh, my episodes with Harville Hendricks and Helen LaKelley Hunt, where they talk about their imago dialogue. Um, or uh, my episode with Haiti Schleifer, um, particularly my first episode with her and my first episode with Harvel and Helen because uh, we also talk through a process for uh, with Haiti for crossing the bridge to your partner's world. So these are important ways to structure having dialogue and you can just go to and So Harvel and Helen, you want to check out episode 22 with them. Uh, and Haiti Schleifer, you want to check out episode 69. Okay. So those are if you're looking for a truly structured dialogue process. But I'm going to give you a little bit of structure here to help you out. And the very first part of that is to start with an appreciation of your partner. Now, if your partner is totally on board with this process, then you could say, you could suggest, like, let's start this conversation. We know it's going to be challenging. Let's just start with appreciating each other for appreciating something about each other, because that's why we're here. We're here because we actually care about each other. And this thing that we haven't talked about yet, um, or maybe we've tried and tried again, is there, it's, it's there and it's causing a, a, a problem for us. So, um, we are here because we care about each other. We're here because we care about our relationship. So, I would like to start with appreciations because I, there is so much I appreciate about you and about us, and and I want that to be a reminder of why we're here. I don't want to be this to just be all about the burden of this unspoken thing. So step into that strongly, have a, have a big appreciation or two there ready for your partner. Um, and it might be just like, I'm so thankful that you were willing to make time for this. And that tells me that you care about, about me and about us. You know, that would, might be a way to start. Um, And you might even say, I'm breathing more easily, even though this is a little scary for me or a little edgy talking about this thing. I'm actually really excited that we're here to talk about it. Um, And I'm really just appreciating you for that, for making the time and space. That might be all you do. Or you might say something else. There may be all kinds of things that you can offer, um, things that aren't related to sitting down for the conversation. And if your partner has one for you, that's great. To. Now, there's a whole process that you can go through around appreciations. We're not going to do that here. It's just about setting the tone. So, now when you actually start to get into the heart of the matter, it's really helpful again to be specific, remind yourselves of the thing that you're talking about. And As you speak, do your best to use irrefutable truths. So that means that you are making statements that cannot be disputed. They just are. Um, So an example of an irrefutable truth might be something like, okay, when you leave the cap off the toothpaste, I get really angry and I also feel really hurt. And you might even say, and I have a story that you must really not care about me because I've made this request so many times and for some reason you still are not doing it and I'm not sure why. And I've been letting it go and letting it go, and I just can't let it go anymore because it's it's a big deal to me. So that's an irrefutable truth. Someone can't turn to me and say, um, "Well, I don't leave the cap off the toothpaste because if the cap isn't on the toothpaste, it's pretty clear, you know." They can't say, "Well, you don't feel angry, or you don't you don't worry that I." Um, that I don't care about you, because that's true. Now, I may start to say like, no, I do care about you. And, and if that's the case, then if your partner starts responding to you that way, then you may say, hey, that's, that's great. I'm hearing you right now saying that you actually do care about me. And I, I know that's just a story that I have. And yet I want you to know that it's very real for me. You know, it brings me all the way back to when I was a kid and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's, I'm borrowing a little bit there from Imago Dialogue, which is Harville and, and Helen's thing. But you don't need to get derailed into them trying to fix it or make you feel better. You can just be like, hey, you know, like this is just what is. This is, this is what, this. these are the facts. Now on a, on an example of a toothpaste cap statement that would be refutable might be something like you're always leaving the cap off the toothpaste and disrespecting me and that's a problem okay so in a sense i just said almost the exact same thing right except I said one, one, the first thing was I said you're always leaving the cap off the toothpaste. Now that may or may not be true, but typically when you use a word like always or never, this is something that I spoke about um, with David Burns, it's a cognitive distortion. It's black and white thinking. It is probably not true. Now can I say it's always black and white thinking well, no, I guess that would be me engaging in black and white thinking. But let's just say that most of the time when you say always or never, it's an exaggeration. And so already you're gonna put your partner on the defensive by exaggerating like that or making or casting them in, in a negative light that, that just uh, creates like a blanket statement about who they are or what they do. Um, and then the next thing was I said, you're disrespecting me. Now, that is another example of I have a story that you're disrespecting me. I have a story that you do these things because you don't respect me. But is, are they actually disrespecting me? I don't know. There, that implies some intention on the part of my partner that may or may not be true. Now, if it is true that your partner is intentionally disrespecting you, then there may be a bigger conversation that you need to have than the one about the toothpaste. Um, But even that, it's gonna be helpful for your partner to hear specific examples of when you do this, it hurts my feelings, or when you do this, I get sad, or when you do this, I get really angry. Or when you do this, I feel like maybe you don't see me or care about me. And I could be wrong or not, but that's how I feel. Okay, are you getting a a sense of how this works? So just saying you're disrespecting me, that's more like an accusation and it's not irrefutable because all your partner has to say is, I'm not disrespecting you. I'm totally respecting you. So if you're talking about your partner doing something and you're attributing some meaning to it, then you're saying something that they will be able to refute. And nine times out of 10, they will refute it. And now you're not having a productive conversation anymore. You're just arguing about the facts. And if you have to argue about them, they probably aren't the facts. So stick to the facts as much as possible. Now, there are two things that are probably going to happen. I can't say these are going to cover the every single possibility, but there are two things. One is you should have a goal of getting some understanding of your partner's perspective. It is so easy to really want your partner to understand you and to make that kind of the sole driving force in this communication. And I want to say that you will have an opportunity to be heard and understood. In fact, I'm going to make sure that you have that opportunity, at least to the best of my ability. But this is one of those times where it can be really helpful to lead by example. So in our silly example about the toothpaste, you might say, can you help me understand like what process you go through at night that makes it challenging for you to put the cap back on the toothpaste? What, Like what is going on for you? And, um, and it's important to me to, to understand because maybe there's something I'm missing here where you know, I it would make it easier for me to just accept that that's the way it's gonna be, you know, and, and it, that may be a possible outcome here is that nothing changes except that now you have bigger and deeper understanding of the situation. And that could be all that's ever required or that could just be kind of a temporary holding point for this conversation about this thing. But if you got nothing else than a deeper understanding of where your partner's coming from, that could be huge. It's happened for me time and again, and I see it happening in my clients over and over again, that that understanding actually creates shifts. But when you lead by example in really mining your partner for trying to understand where they're coming from so that they really get that you care, about where they're coming from then it becomes that much easier for them to not feel like they're being attacked for one thing and then on top of that to return the favor and once they once you know for sure that you get them and you can directly ask them am i getting it like does it sound like I'm understanding your perspective on this? And if they answer yes, then the next question might be, would you be willing to let you, to let me share my perspective with you about this thing? And they might say like, yeah, 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 I know what your perspective is. And then if they say that, you might say, well, would you mind telling me what you think my perspective is? because I'd like to e- I'd like to have the opportunity to either clear up if there are any misunderstandings to clear them up, or to just know that you actually do really get me and, and we're on the same page here. So you know, humor me and please just tell me what you think my perspective is here. And, uh, and I'll do my best to hear you with an, with an open heart. So hopefully at this point, you've gotten an understanding. Of what's going on with your partner and you are also given the opportunity to share what's going on for you and then at this point it could be also great to validate what is going on with your partner so if they share their full perspective on the situation then what they've been doing might actually make a lot of sense to you. So for instance, if Chloe said, "Well, you know, I'm always just so exhausted at the end of the night and it's like all I can do to get the toothpaste on my toothbrush and and on top of that, you know, my father used to always like harsh on me about putting the cap on and I just like to me it feels like total freedom to be in my in my own life in my own world to not put it on or to only put it on when i feel like doing it and you know and then when you get on my case about it i start to really resent you and and like i feel like you're my dad and that's horrible now i just want you to know this is not the conversation that chloe and i have had just so you know but let's say that's the conversation then i might say wow like there's a lot more to the cap on the toothpaste than I realized. And I get it. Like now I see, now I think I understand why you don't always leave it on. And, um, and that actually makes sense to me. And if it doesn't make sense to you, then it's possible that you don't have all the pieces. Because once all the pieces are there in front of you, typically it's going to make sense you will see the world through your partner's eyes and it will all kind of click into place. Now it may not be how you ideally want it to be. And that's where you go next with your partner. It might be like, okay, now we understand each other is a change required. And, this is a place where there are some subtleties (laughs) involved in the conversation, but it's worth like illuminating just that question. Now that we both understand each other is, is there still something that we'd like to change about it? Um, Your partner like Chloe might say, yeah, I I wish you wouldn't get on my case about the, the freaking toothpaste. It's just driving me crazy. Um, So that might be one possibility or, I might say, yeah, like, even though I get it and I understand it, it's just like we're wasting so much toothpaste because it just gets dried out and it's horrible and um, crusty, you know, and then it's really hard to use. And, you know, I just really, it would just satisfy me. It would bring me so much delight and pleasure <laughs> to have <laughs> the cap on the toothpaste. So this is a place where you're going to have you may have to work it out like is there something to change here or is there is if or is there not <laughs> is there isn't that was kind of funny um so assuming that there is now here's where it can get actually fun because sometimes it's tempting to look at a situation and be like all right well the answer here is you just you always put the cap on the toothpaste you know and or i put a post it note next to the door that says have you put the cap on the toothpaste yet like right there so there are some some options and those both seem to me like incredibly uh kind of blunt and you know maybe it'll be as easy as that but what i would encourage you to do and you might even think about this before you go into the conversation you might come up with three options any one of those three would resolve the the issue. Or if not resolve it, it would be a step in the right direction. So you kind of have like your ideal. In my ideal world, this problem goes away completely. Um, And then, so that's like the magic wand solution, right? But then you might say, okay, like I'm gonna step back from my ideal and what are three possibilities any one of which would just feel better to me and feel like we were making a step or two in the right direction. And you might encourage your partner if they haven't already done so to come up with three options for you or three options for both of you because hopefully you're collaborating here on the solution. So if that's the case, you may have as many as six different options here to choose from. And each option might require a little bit like one might require more from you one might require more from your partner and it's just worth like looking at them as objectively as possible oh like this is i see how this would require a little more of me but i can live with that um and actually that feels a lot better those kinds of things so now you're talking about the possible solutions and then the next thing to do is to actually choose something and see if you can each choose something. So you might say something like, all right, well, we have six options. Like, what if we do this? Would you be willing to choose one that you can follow through on? And I'll choose one that I can follow through on. And then, you know, we can, then we can see how that goes, you know, where we're each taking a proactive step so it's not just your problem it's not just my problem we're each taking action that might be a good way to go so if you get a yes to that then it's just a simple matter of choosing them and then acknowledging each other's choice so you know you can't be like oh man you just that's what you chose like you just chose to buy new toothpaste every time it gets crusty like great you know now we're gonna chew through our toothpaste budget in a matter of weeks, you know? Like, you have to do your best to appreciate, like, the options that are on the table are options that you chose, any one of which should be acceptable. So whatever option your partner picks shows some appreciation for it. Wow, I'm so happy that you chose that. And that's gonna make a huge difference. And, and then you might also talk about, like, how do we hold each other accountable Are there some ways that we can support each other in making this shift? Because obviously we're gonna do things differently. So how do we support each other? Is there something that you need from me to help you do this thing? Or here's something I could really use from you to help me do this thing. So now you're building energy of collaboration and being on the same team. Those are the basic steps. that will take you through this entire conversation. And by this point, you're going to have some solutions in place. And at that point it's a matter of celebrating and saying, wow, you know, I'm really, I really appreciate that we were able to do this or look at what we did. And that wasn't so challenging, was it? or that was really challenging, but wow, we we got here. Um, so if you actually get to this point, then do make a point of, celebrating and acknowledging your partner, wow, I was really scared to talk about this thing. And here we are, we did it. And I'm still feeling a little scared. I'm a little scared about whether we're gonna be able to make the shift or follow through. But I know that I feel good about having had the conversation instead of it just being that thing that we don't talk about. So what, wherever you end up, it's really important to try your best to find some gratitude and appreciation in there and to celebrate and maybe to make an appointment for the next conversation. It's really helpful for couples to have a regular business meeting where you talk about the stuff that otherwise just gets brushed aside. So you might say, hey, let's do this once every two or three weeks, right? And You know, I set the agenda for this one, so you get to set the agenda for next one. Um, And you trade off that way. So that might be one way to do it. Now, if it doesn't go well, if one or the other of you gets really triggered, then you might remember at the very beginning of this, I was talking about, well, that could be one possible thing that you talk about, right, is how you have that agreement about what you do when one or the other of you gets triggered. So if that happens, um, all is not lost. Um, It may be helpful at the very beginning to say, hey, like we're about to talk about something that's challenging. Let's just agree that if it gets too challenging, that we'll take a five minute break. And during that five minutes, we'll each do what we need to do to cool down and then we'll come back to the table. Um, it's helpful to have ground rules like that so that the whole thing doesn't just erupt and so it also creates a context where it's like it's okay it's okay to acknowledge like whoa this is not going well I need five minutes like let's just take five minutes um, and hopefully you nip it in the bud you you recognize that that's happening soon enough that It's relatively easy to take the five minutes. The the further you go off the rails, the further you go into trigger land, then the, the more challenging it can be to do those simple things that you need to recover. If it really doesn't go well and you're just having trouble, then a couple things to keep in mind. One is to do your best to stay kind of light about it. So something like well that that kind of sucked didn't it <laughs> like you know we tried <laughs> so whatever it takes to just show that hey like i'm appreciating that we at least tried even though it wasn't as great as i had hoped um it also might be good to remind each other that at the beginning you had agreed like okay if this doesn't go well then we'll revisit to talk about how to have that kind of conversation go better next time. Now, that might be challenging to do right in the moment when things aren't going so well, um, but soon thereafter, you wanna say like, okay, like, let's just stop this, let's stop the conversation. We can't really, we're, we're having a hard time. Let's come together, um, in a half an hour or tomorrow or whatever it is. And let's just talk about how to do this better, how to have this conversation better. What could make it easier for us? So you're changing the conversation so it's no longer about that thing. It's about how do we have conversations better, which is actually a really important conversation to have with your partner over and over again uh, because we're always improving in our ability to do that you need to remember that it's a process. Like I said, this isn't a sprint. It's hopefully not even a marathon. It's just something that you, a process that you enjoy that becomes part of relating. Part of it is the challenge of wow, here we are two people who love each other and care about each other and somehow we ended up with this difficult thing between us and now we gotta deal with it. And It's not gonna always be that way, but it will always be that way if you never address it. So this is your chance to address it and take a step or two in the right direction, or three. Um, And I hope that this whole process has been clear for you and that it inspires you to take a risk and communicate with your partner about something challenging. Again, if you haven't picked up the free Relationship Communication Guide that has uh, some foundational principles to help you with this kind of conversation, you can grab it at neilsatin.com slash relate or text the word relate to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. And this episode was a response to you um, because I heard so much, like we want more, we want more about communication. So that's where this episode came from. If you haven't taken the survey yet that I put together, it's really quick, it's anonymous, but it's a chance for you to tell me a little bit more about you personally and about what you need, what would help make this podcast better for you. Uh, to take that, you can visit neilsatin.com survey, or you can text the word wondering to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. And that's because I'm wondering about you. And don't forget that it's anonymous and it just takes a few minutes to fill out, if that might even be one minute, if you're really quick. I think that is it for today. And that's a lot. That's a lot to take on. So I want to hear how it goes for you. You can find me in the Relationship Alive community on Facebook. Just join the community and we'll approve you and then you can tell us about your experience or you can always email me, though I cannot guarantee a response. I do read everything that comes in. My email address is neilius, N-E-I-L-I-U-S, at neilsatin.com. And... I appreciate, again, your being here with me this week. Next week, we are going to be here with Craig Malkin talking about narcissism and what it's like to have a relationship with a narcissist and what you can do about it. Or if you are a a narcissist, what can you do about that? How can you recognize it? And where do you go from there? So no judgment implied. Believe me, and you're going to find out more in next week's conversation. I'm looking forward to seeing you then. And in the meantime, take care.